The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and happy Wednesday and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast as we take a few minutes today uh, to look into God's word. We're again in the book of Ephesians this morning. And we're going to be looking at three verses today and simply looking, asking this question or looking at the source of our salvation. Uh, where did we get salvation from? What, you know, theologically, what is the core? How do we obtain forgiveness of our sins? And then why would Jesus even do this? Why would God send his only son to die on a cross who did nothing wrong to save Well, filthy, rotten sinners like us. So that's the question we're going to look at today. Uh, We're going to begin in verse number 6. Now, we know in verse 5, he just had having predestined us. Now, one of the things I did not focus a lot of time on in verse 5, so we'll go back there a second. Having predestined unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So the predestined part really leans to the adoption. Now the premise of adoptions we talked recently really comes down to this idea that I needed a new name, I needed a new family, I needed a new destiny. And adoption does it. It's the same idea as adoption today in our country. I am taken from a family, or really no family, but a family in in a name that is going the wrong direction, and I'm brought to God's family where I can find the hope, I can find strength and freedom and direction from God, and that is an adoption. So so we kind of go into looking at the source of salvation. The first thing I want to look at is really asking the question, why would God do this? Why would God offer salvation to those who, generally speaking, in the globe, until they really recognize what this is, don't want it. So let's look at these thoughts. He says in verse 6, why? He says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. So the reason why is so he can take, he can take glory. He looks at his grace as a chance for glory. Now, I've read this illustration not long ago. I used it in one of the studies we did. And to be honest, initially, I think it's, 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 it seems simple, but I think it really fits what we're looking for. If you ever have somebody in your life that you love, a child or a family member, and uh, let's just put this, we have a child. The child's done wrong. They've, they've run away. They've done something wrong in the home or something like that. Nothing maybe serious, something simple. But you know that whatever it does is it's broken the bond. It's broken this tight-knit relationship between you and them. If that person were to come back, if that child were to come back, and they were to take responsibility and apologize and, and plead for forgiveness, would you offer it to him? I think not only, naturally, not only would you do it, you, you'd be excited to do it. You would find, it would be a wonderful opportunity for you to offer them. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He finds pleasure in offering forgiveness. Sometimes we get this idea that the more I go back to God in forgiveness, the more I've annoyed him. And, and frankly, in a human world, we would, how many times can you ask somebody to forgive you until they just say no? Humanly speaking, I can see that. Spiritually speaking, that never happens. God finds delight in offering us forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean go sin more so he can do it. Because here's the point. The point is, when we are reconciled with God, it's the most natural state we can be in is how God designed it to be. Sin is what breaks it. So when we are brought to him, that is his delight. And so salvation, offering grace, giving us something we don't deserve, salvation by grace to heaven, is his way of bringing us back to that natural state 
of communion with God, the way we were initially back in Adam and Eve, created to be. Sin divides that, but God's grace restores that. So he does it so that people can look and praise his glorious name to offer us something we cannot earn. So then we ask, why did he do it? He, he says another thing is it brings in a wonderful, uh, it's, it's for his glory, it's for our acceptance. It's to make us acceptable. It's really for our reconciliation. He says in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us acceptable in the beloved. You see, before we were saved, we were simply enemies of God. Our sin separated us from God. Our sin simply, our livelihood that was outside of God's of God's family, we were, we were enemies. We were family of Satan, followers of Satan, living unto ourselves. We were enemies of God. And that sin separated us. And frankly, because of that, we deserved, and shall I say even deserve, a place in hell. We deserve to go to hell because of our sin. For all of sin and come short of the glory of God, the wages of sin is death. We deserve that. Now, Jesus recognized that. And so what did he did? Is he, you know, we could no longer come into the presence of God simply due to our sinful nature. So he came in and did this but for his glory and for our acceptance. And he came and he, he broke that barrier between us and he eliminated it. So now I can come into the presence of God because when God looks at me, he doesn't, he doesn't look down and see the filthy rotten sinner that I am and that I am that we all are, still are. He sees Jesus. In fact, he sees the blood of Jesus, which we're going to look at here in just a moment. So Jesus does it for his glory. He does it for our acceptance so that we can come and enjoy this wonderful, sweet communion with God and understand this relationship that, I've got with, that we talk about so much. So he does it for his grace. Number two, he does it for our acceptance. Then I would ask, how? How does he do it? What is the core that brings the source, the core that brings salvation together. We see this in verse number seven. Now we're talking about the beloved in verse six, which is Jesus, in whom, Jesus, in whom we have redemption. That redemption is what brings us back to God, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Now, I've been asked throughout the years, and it's been a question I've heard asked in culture, why is it that if we can use the term evangelical Christians, conservative Christians, why is it that Christians, why are we so focused on blood? And so people have said it's a bloody thing, it just feels nasty, I don't know why we'd even think about this. The simple answer, we can look at the theological, which we will in a second, but the simple answer is this. We all know that life is found in the blood. And so to be able to free or rescue a life, life must be given. So God used the life of Jesus, the blood, to be able to offer back. He did that in the Old Testament through animals looking for And we know in Hebrews 9, I think it's 22, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It sounds that way, but the blood is the thing that gives us life. So to shed our blood, for him to give his blood for us was to literally give his life. Uh, and and, and, and will you see this today, how some people can come. When, when you go out and you're willing to donate blood, to some, you know, to a blood drive or something, that blood goes into a bank which one day might be used to save someone else's life. You are giving of your life source to someone else so they may make, keep life. It's the same premise. The precious value of blood is why it's that. There's no more precious, really, resource we have for life than blood, and that's exactly why you see this. 
because life's in the blood. And so it's that picture. And so we go to theology, that's, that's remission of sin. We need to have that blood shed because to show that sin has been dealt with and has been cleansed. And so now what happens? How is it that God can look at a filthy, rotten sinner like you and me and see righteousness, see holiness, what we say not that long ago, see a saint? Because he doesn't see us. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. What is that? When he looks down, there is him in heaven, us on earth, and in between is Jesus and his shed blood. And God literally sees the shed blood of, of Jesus Christ. He doesn't see our goodness. He doesn't see our perfection. And frankly, it doesn't matter how good we are. He doesn't see that. Salvation is positional. God's blood, Jesus' blood, gave us a position in heaven of salvation. Adoption, as we've read, we have this sweet community because God sees the blood of Jesus. God sees the sacrifice of Jesus. So he sees us. Yes, we, we should grow and we should grow in him, but he no longer sees the sin that we still battle with. He sees the sacrifice and blood of Jesus. And that's the source. That is a source of salvation. It's not found in church. It's not found in my good works. It's not found in how religious I can be. It is literally and only found in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What is the gift of God? His death upon the cross, his shed blood, to be able to completely fulfill the law of the Old Testament and this new covenant with us where he comes and he offers us the sweet freedom through grace in his, through his blood. Let me ask you a question as I finish the last minute. Do you know for sure that you have placed your trust in him for that salvation? And I understand, I'm not saying you understand all about the blood. I'm asking, has there been a time when you've put off religion and put off church and all those other things and recognize that you need to acknowledge your need of God, come to God and repent of your sin, turn from your sin to God and put your faith in Jesus and begin a true relationship with Jesus. Not just come to church, not just be religious, but truly put your faith in Jesus. Have you done that? The work's been done. It's a free gift. All you have to do is accept it. Now, you may have questions. I'd love the opportunity to be able to answer. If you're local, you can come by. You can call us. Uh, if you're not local and you love to ask, you can go to our website at bensalembaptist.org. Our church phone number's on. You can call us. We'd love a chance to answer questions. Send, us, send me an email through our website. If we can answer any questions to get you closer, maybe get some tools in your hand to get you closer to understanding this, we'd love the opportunity to do that. Well, thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. We invite you to join us tonight in our adult Bible study. Our adult Bible study starts in the auditorium at 7 o'clock as we finish up our study in the parables of Jesus. And then from there, we, uh, there's also youth group for teenagers, kids club. So there's something for everybody in the family all in their own, own uh, age level, if we could put it that way. And it runs from about 7 to 8, 15. We hope you come. Hope you join us tomorrow night. If you can't make it in person, the adult Bible study portion of the night will be live streamed. And we hope that will be a help. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to see you again tomorrow.